Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jared Hanning about leveraging healthy mindset to increase productivity and leadership. Jared Hanning, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have the chance to chat. We've, uh, I've been waiting for this uh, this interview. It's it's been fun. You know, as I have a slate of people that I'm interviewing coming down the pipeline, I can see who's coming up. You're one that you know I was intrigued by, and I'm super excited to have the chance to chat today. We're going to be talking about mindset and its connection to productivity and leadership. Uh, and I know you, in particular, have a, a unique background as you come to this um, in, in coaching and consulting from a background in music. And so I think that's just so fascinating. I'll give you a chance, of course, to share more about that in a moment. Um, as we get started, I just wanted to uh, share Jared's bio with everyone. Uh, award-winning speaker, feature on ABC Nightline for his real estate investing in TEDx for his performance coaching. Jared Hanning specializes in Nobel-nominated process uh, that allows you to access your next breakthrough on demand by learning to think at a higher level. As a result of this process, his clients normally double their income in the first year by purposely uh, working less hours. Jared is a classically trained musician, avid mountain biker, and world tickle champion in the five-year-old category. And I love that last part. Um, as a, a father of six myself, uh, my youngest is now seven. Um, so, but he's my, he's still in the tickle phase. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Isn't that great? But oh what a, God. what a unique background. Um, and I, I'm excited to have, uh, this discussion with you today before we dive on in anything you would like to share with listeners by way of personal context, personal background. Um, Context, I am self-employed because I can't not do anything else. <laughs> I feel like I don't have a choice. Uh, it's like being um, a musician. Uh, musician. Being a musician is like a mental illness. Um, if there's anything else you could possibly do, you would be doing it because it's just a horrible way to make a living. Um, but for 20 years, that was my living because I couldn't not do anything else. Um, it was fun. It was fulfilling. But now for the past eight years, uh, mindset work, performance coaching, leadership, um, that's where I'm at. Happy to be here. Excellent. And I would love for you to connect the two. So you made this huge shift from uh, musical performance into the mindset coaching work, uh, productivity and leadership. Uh, what, what, pulled you in that direction? What, what caused you to have that kind of a huge shift, fundamental shift really 
in, in your life and in your work. Yeah, um, if anybody's interested in, in that, uh, what music has to do with leadership or performance or productivity or whatever, um, I've got four different TEDx topics and each of them cover all of that. Um, quickly here though, some people don't know this about music, but when you are engaged in making music, whether you are singing along to the radio or clapping your hands, listening to some music, the, the act of creating music on any level, you, you're using more of your brain than any other time. Um, this is well documented with MRI scanners. And this is a contrast to other things that we engage in, like athletic performance. Um, the better your body is performing as an athlete, the less of your brain you're using. Your brain enters kind of a quiet meditative state. It's believed that that's because the glucose needs to go to the muscles. And so it doesn't feed your brain pondering the deeper purpose of life. Um, you can't afford to do that <laughs> if your body's going to run faster. But music's the opposite. Um, music just creates this fireworks of activity and cross connections in your brain. And so the work I do now in mindset performance is just answering that question. Like, what if you could access more of your brain on demand? Like, what if you could do that while you are sorting through your to-do list or while you're making uh, prospecting calls or while you're um, negotiating a deal? What if you could do it at those times, not just when you were practicing violin or playing guitar for your kids? Um, and so in my work in doing that, we use a Nobel nominated process uh, called the MindScan that teaches people how to do just that. It shows them how they're using their brain. We've got a series of exercises called mindset pushups. Um, that you strengthen the different connections in your brain. So you can actually tap into other intelligences, if you will, other ways of thinking to um, solve problems. I love that. You know, um, I, I'm not a musician, you know, certainly not professionally. Um, I dabble on the guitar. Uh, I like to sing along in the shower and sing goofily with my kids. Um, and I, and I do sing, you know, I, I sing in school and in, in college and I sing in community choirs, church choirs now. So I, I, I definitely, I have the affinity towards, um, music and, and, and performance and, and I, that resonates with me, you know, the, the, how it triggers this, this kind of creative flow in you. That's a little bit different than other, other types of performance, other types of, of work that you may do. Um, and it's interesting, you know, what, what, you, the thing is, I guess you don't have to be particularly talented. You know, I'm not like super talented, um, but I enjoy it and I, and I see the value in it. So I engage in it. Um, and I think, I think it's just one tool to get at that mindset shift that allows us to have greater focus, uh, greater levels of productivity. Um, and, and so anyways, I think music is, is a wonderful tool that way, in, in addition to it's just intrinsic value that it brings to everyone who's involved with it. Um, what are some of the other types of mechanisms or, or tricks that you've seen in terms of mindset and trying to, to get attuned the right way so we're, so we're ready to, to uh, work collaboratively, we're ready to focus, we're ready to, to be productive? Um, I would start by suggesting some of the tools that don't work and some of the really bad ideas. Um, <laughs> so there's this way of thinking, um, if we could call a mindset that, a way of thinking. Um, I distinguish mindset from personality um, in that personality is an attitude. 
well, you just got to think positive. Well, you know, fake it till you make it. Mindset is a strategy. Um, and to give you an example of strategy, if you're say with a nonprofit and you guys are like, oh no, we got to raise $10,000 this month or we're going under. Well, you're going to sit down and come up with your best strategies to solve the $10,000 problem. And some of them are going to work and some of them aren't going to work. What I would suggest is to go down the street to the nonprofit that has to come up with $100,000 this month or they're going under and sit in that room and listen to how they think about solving those problems. And you'll find yourself thinking at a much higher level. Now, when you come back to your room to solve the $10,000 problem, it's like boring. It's so easy just because you're thinking at a higher level and your, your brain is more innovative. Um, but there's a way of thinking, a, a strategy, if you will, that says more action is more results. So if you want more results in your life, you need to take more action. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is a bad strategy and you cannot solve that with stubbornness. Um, the way we know that it's a bad strategy is because the people that pride themselves the most on being go-getters and action takers, they always have more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. Working harder and faster doesn't clear it up. They tend to get to the end of the year and tell themselves, well, this year didn't count. Next year, I'm going to double down and just work harder. That's all I need to do is work harder because they believe that more work equals more results. But the real world feedback day after week, after month, after year is that they're just spinning their wheels, staying in place. Um, another way of thinking that's disastrous is being focused on getting things done. Um, the more focused you are on checking things off your to-do list, the lower your income is. And the reason is the things on your to-do list, nine out of 10 of them could be delegated to somebody else for 10 or $15 an hour. So by being focused on you getting those things done, you're being focused on filling your day with the lowest paying tasks. Again, cannot solve a bad strategy with stubbornness. Massive action makes things worse because it covers up the root cause. What does work though, is thinking at a higher level. There's a lot of ways to do that. One is, I mentioned earlier, taking on a bigger problem. Um, that was one of my TEDx events in Ocala, Florida. Your problem is that you don't have a big enough problem. Um, the 10,000 versus 100,000. Once you take on the $100,000 problem, raising $10,000 is small potatoes, it's nothing. That's one tool for thinking at a higher level. Uh, add a zero to the problem you're trying to solve and then put a plan in place that makes that doable in 30 days. The first thing that happens is your brain breaks down because it's like, this is impossible, it can't be done, there's no way. Well, no, 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 no. It, it only can't be done with the current strategies you're coming up with. You have to think at a much higher level, a much bigger level of scale. And then there is a way to do it and you'll, you'll find a way. It's pretty amazing. So that's one way. Um, one way is of course, uh, take the mind scan. Um, Nobel nominated process maps out the way your brain solves problems. So we can see where the blind spots are that are holding you up and where the breakthroughs are that are waiting for you. Um, that's a way. Mindset pushups. Uh, mindset pushups are exercises that restructure the way your brain solves problems. Um, that's another way. But uh, without getting into all the details of, uh, you know, how they work, and I would suggest the best place to start is simply add a zero to your problem, make it 10 times bigger, and then 
sit at that table until you have a realistic plan to solve it in 30 days. Well, if I had a million dollars to rent billboards, I could do it. Well, obviously that's not a solution because we don't have a million dollars. Well, if I had unlimited free labor, like the Egyptians building the pyramids, I could do it. Well, that's not a solution either because you don't have that free labor. So let's keep looking. Who can you call that does? Who can you partner with? Who can you trade with? Who can you barter with? How can you negotiate? How could you, how could you defer? How can you think at scale? Because somebody could make a phone call and solve that problem for you. How can we build relationship with that person over the next 30 days? Um, that exercise will have you thinking at a much higher level about what's possible. And then when you come back to the problem that's actually in front of you, you, you have such a greater level of resourcefulness. Yeah, and to your point, you know, at that point, you've reframed the problem. So the actual problem in front of you is less overwhelming. Um, and so you feel like you do have the resources necessary to, to start to tackle it, rather than being feeling like you're drowning in, in the circumstance that you happen to be in, right? And I love the, the, the whole idea around just trying to shift our mindset around what we think we're capable of. Um, most people, not everyone, but most people um, don't conceive of their full capacity uh, and their full potential. Uh, they limit themselves. They have these self-limiting narratives going on in their head. Uh, that reduce their their focus, their productivity, their ability to be productive um, with their teams as well as individually, and ultimately, you know, their ability to have healthy relationships and on and on and on, like all these different aspects of life, we 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 fall into these negative patterns, and then we tell ourselves these negative stories and narratives. Um, part of them, you know, maybe informed by the broader society, by the media, by by. Uh, you know, what people see in TV and, and movies and such, and they, they start to buy into the stereotypes and they start to buy into the, these self-limiting types of ideologies. And if we can push past that and, and really just start to get it, uh, if we can challenge ourselves to, and push ourselves to see what we're truly, really, truly capable of, um, then, you know, we'll, we might be a little bit surprised. We might be shocked even um, initially. But then we, the magic of that is then we see what we can actually do. And then while we might feel overwhelmed initially, then the next step, the next time, we don't feel overwhelmed because we know we can do hard things. We know we can tackle this insurmountable obstacle and come out the other side uh, successfully. Um, the idea though is that, okay, so there, there's four things that create that change, at least four that I'm aware of. Um, having a champion in your life and the thing with a champion, um, many people make this mistake, is they go find a mentor, somebody that they can create a personal connection with to spend time with. But they make the mistake of asking the mentor, you know, how do you do that? Or what should I do here? And the problem is the mentor doesn't know. Like they're doing it because that's just how they think. That's just what they do. And any attempt to explain it to you is going to mess it up because they're trying to make up a reason for something that they've never even thought of before. Um, this is the, the situation where, you know, somebody's being interviewed, what's the secret of your success? And they're like, you gotta work hard. 
And that's it. Hard work. That's how I did it. Hard work, by golly. And they're leaving out the fact that their dad was on the board of the Harvard Board of Trustees and one phone call produced $10 million in contracts simply because they were related to their dad who sat on the board. You know, they leave those convenient things out. So don't ask the mentor how they do it. But here's what you want to do instead. Sit on the floor in their office, watch them take calls, and take notes on their energy, their attitude, their way of being. That's it. Uh, Michael Jordan, when he would finish playing a game and he would review the game tapes, he wasn't looking for technique. He wasn't looking for positioning or strategy. When he would review the game tapes, he was looking for ways of being. He was looking for changes in his attitude and demeanor. When did he go from playful? When did he um, give up a little bit? When did he have to get back in the game? That's what you want to track with the champion. Um, the second one is coach. Uh, coach is the person who actually is able to break it down. Turn left at this intersection, turn right at this, use this move next. Um, that's some of the work that we do with the mind scan because we are literally looking at the fingerprint of your thinking pattern. So we know exactly what's going on that's going to get you the optimum results the fastest. So coach who can break it down. Uh, the next one is community. Uh, a lot of people make the mistake of joining a community of people that are interested in the same topic. Um, and no. <laughs> That's bad because you're stuck with people that think just like you. Um, and that's just going to create more of the same problem. Uh, you want to join a community of people that are doing it, that are already there. Uh, the problem is these communities are oftentimes exclusive. Uh, they're very expensive to join. And um, you just eventually have to reach a point that you're like, I cannot afford to stay where I'm at. I will do whatever it takes to get around people who think like this naturally until I start thinking this way. And then the last one is a crucible moment. This is a testing moment, a fire that literally melts you to mush and you have to reinvent yourself in order to survive. Um, so the little simple math problem I mentioned earlier, add a zero and then solve for 30 days is an example. Uh, but many people do this in lots of different ways um, by signing up to run an ultra marathon, a hundred miles. And at some point on that ultra marathon, they have to reinvent themselves. Uh, because it is so difficult and so painful and everything in them wants to quit. But after doing that, after reinventing themselves, it physically rewires the way their brain solves problems. And it, and it never again returns to the same level of mediocrity. Um, so champion, coach, community, and crucible. Things that bring about a permanent shift in the way your brain solves problems. I, I love those elements. Uh, and, and as I think back on my own life experience and some of the challenges that I've faced, I, a lot of that rings true uh, to my own experience. And it, it is supported by research. Uh, and a lot of the research I do that's around these types of topics that we're discussing today, um, I think it, everything you're saying absolutely bears out. Um, last topic, we only have a few more minutes, but the last topic I thought is just how do we connect this then to leadership? So, you know, we, we keep in mind everything you're, you're sharing in terms of ourselves, in terms of how to increase our mindfulness, our productivity, but now we're leading a team of people. How do we translate this into helping them to be successful? So with leadership, it's looking at how other leaders think, um, if for me, I'm not sure of another way to do that outside of taking notes on how other leaders are being, their energy. Um, 
many leaders have this uh, understanding that leadership is telling people what to do. Um, but of course, if you tell someone to do something who doesn't want to do it to start with, you just create another problem that you're going to have to solve later on down the line. Um, so how do you delegate in a way that causes the people to want, emotionally want to be on board? Well, that's a different skill. Um, that's one that coaches can teach you in language, linguistics. It's easily solved with linguistics. Um, but it's a, one that the champion can model. What is it about the way the champion talks? Um, the first step, though, is the hard, bitter pill of responsibility. Um, we feel many times, if you get into a position of leadership and there's a lot of uh, employees that you're having to deal with, it's easy to say, well, I could achieve different things if I had different staff. It's easy to say that, and it certainly looks that way on the surface until you do the exercise of what would your company look like if Tony Robbins was in your shoes, or John Maxwell, or John Wooten? Like, how would they solve these problems differently? And then quickly you realize that it's not the tool, it's the craftsman. But if you can get to that place, where the buck stops with you, you accept 1,000% responsibility. Um, the fastest course is to simply model the energy, the way of being that um, the leader that's producing your, the results that you want has. Not their strategies. Their strategies won't work for you because their strategies are backed by a different way of thinking and a different energy. Uh, that would be my yeah. leadership quote. Yeah, no, no that's, that's great. Um, Jared, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. We're about out of time. Um, but before we close, I just wanted to give you a chance to not only give the last word on this, but also share with listeners how they can get connected with you, how they can learn more about what you're doing, find your TED Talks, you know, if you have uh, anything else that you'd like to share. Um, for TEDx, just Google my name, TEDx, Jared Hanning, TEDx. Uh, those four of them there. Uh, I would recommend Hickory. Uh, the one in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, to track me down, I would say mindsetperformance.co. Mindsetperformance.co. Uh, you can get on the pre-release list for my new book, The Thinking Patterns of Success, um, or you could even take the mind scan yourself and, and see what life is like by looking at your thinking patterns. And passing thoughts would be simply, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. So ask yourself this question, how can I work less, but get more done? And that will help your brain to start thinking of a scale and efficiency. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I appreciate all of your insights that you've shared today. And I hope listeners will reach out to Jared, get connected, check out his, his website, his book, his, his TEDx talks. Uh, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that we can all find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.